Next on BYU Sports Nation, back from Vegas and sort of ready to rock. We'll go live to football practice and discuss the many position switches so far this spring. I'm ready. I don't know about you. The <laughs> skipper of the 11-1 BYU baseball team, Mike Littlewood, is going to join us in Studio B to discuss his team continuing to roll. Plus, Anson Winder on the NIT and next year's BYU Hoops team. Let us go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Yo, what up? Back from Vegas. Let us go? Let us go. BYU Sports, let it go. BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, March 10th. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside BYU Baseball Insider and the owner of a brand new awesome Sailor Coog baseball t-shirt, Jason Shepard. That thing is legit. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I love this shirt. I'm I love a- it too. I want it so much, I want to ask you for it. Or just ask <laughs> Mike Littlewood for one when he comes in. Yeah, it was... Uh- they were selling the navy ones at the game the other night, and mm-hmm. so these are the Kalani Satake version. These, yeah, this they said. Well, <laughs> no, we don't. We ran out of the large in the navy, but we have a royal. I'm like, yes, please. Yes, regardless I'll, of size. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I'll please. take it. So, yeah, I'm, I love the shirt. It's fantastic. Uh, it says baseball on it. It's got the, you know, it's the baseball shirt, kind of past the elbow, a couple inches, and then cuts yeah, off the there, three quarter so. length sleeves. That a baby? Yeah, it's awesome. And tonight, BYU baseball plays its second home game of the season. Beat. Uh, UVU, what was it, 6-4? to four, uh, six, six to, to one. 6-1 to one on Tuesday night. I was in Vegas, so I, I, it's just cloudy still. And you know, you know what? Speaking of shirts, um, yours is neat. Is neat? I'm wearing a bear shirt. I just felt like it today. <laughs> is, it, is, this, is this your, yeah, is it your spirit animal? Well, it's Copperhill's Grizzly. I, I was you live ask. in Copperhill's boundaries, I, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah, my son, yeah. my kids will go to Copperhill's. That'll yes. baby. Yeah. They'll join the rich tradition of excellence. Where, where, do you, where do you find a shirt like this? I bought this uh, in Springville during uh, Art City days last year. It was like five bucks. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. This is your classic. Good for like, you. Ga- <laughs> this is your classic like gas station t-shirt. <laughs> where you're like, yeah, that's, exactly, t-shirt. that's what funny. I thought. It was yeah. gas station t-shirt. Yeah. At the beginning of the – in the inception of this show, we thought, oh, yeah, we can wear T-shirts. We'll wear hats and that kind of thing. I think I'm the only one – I think Spencer's wearing a T-shirt once. Today is show like 600-something, 80-something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully Spencer bought one and he brings one in at some point. I don't, I don't think he joined me. Not a Grizzly Bear T-shirt. Three-man wolf pack or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Northridge Knight T-shirt. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, let's get to today's uh, headlines. BYU is a three-seed hosting six-seed LSU in the latest NIT Bracketology. According to NYC Buckets, Bracket Matrix also has a projection of BYU as a three-seed playing UC Irvine, which is a uh, men's volleyball rival. So interesting. Also, Kyle Collinsworth was named to the USBWA All-District 8 team. Congratulations to Kyle. Absolutely. And uh, NIT is coming. Embrace it. You know? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's coming. It's like our T-shirts. It's like my T-shirt. It's like, <laughs> it's your, okay. like your T-shirt, yes. My T-shirt is like the NIT today. That is an NCAA tournament uh, this shirt. Is an, this is what this you is were aspiring NIT. for. Yes, yes, This is what you're this getting. This is what you end up with. Yes, exactly. Spring football practices continue today. It is practice 5 of 15. We're going to go live to football practice coming up later on in the program. Baseball puts its 11-1 record on the line tonight. They begin a four-game series against Niagara at Miller Park. Game time at 8 Eastern tonight. You can listen to it right here on BYU Radio or watch it. On the W.TV. That's right. And Jimmer Fredette Jimmer! back in the D-League. There he is. Scored a game-high 26 to go along with seven assists, five rebounds, and two steals as the Westchester Knicks lost on the road to your Canton Charge. Yeah, I don't have a t-shirt of them, but maybe I'll get one. 
With that in mind, rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Football is in the air. Today's practice, 5 of 15 people, so approaching the one-third of the waypoint. We'll give you the latest as it comes out today from the student-athlete building. During the show, in fact, we hope to go there uh, and get an interview uh, live from BYU football practice coming up in the show. Week 2 of 5 as well for this brand-new coaching staff who have made some position changes uh, in media availability. We've been able to find out different guys are switching to different positions. And here are some of the highlights, if you missed it. Micah Hanneman has moved from cornerback to safety. Micah Simon from defensive back to wide receiver. Francis Bernard, who's joins us on the program, from running back to linebacker. And this may be the biggest one. Algernon Brown from primary running back, ball carrier, tailback to fullback. More from him in a moment. Trey Dye, wide receiver to running back. Talon Shumway, wide receiver to tight end. And Josh Weeks from wide receiver to tight end. There, there are other guys cross-training, but those are the official position switches that we have found out so far. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. What position change would you most like to see on the BYU football team? So not the ones that have happened. Which one you get would, to pick. You get to pick yeah. any player going from any position to another position. That's It's wide open. We've actually had some pretty interesting ones coming in so far. Our, uh, our first tweet comes in from uh, Justin D. Sweeney. Uh, he says, He's Cor- back. He says, Corbin Kafusi from center to tight end. Now that's interesting because <laughs> Corbin has been on the show, Bronson too, even Steve, and they have alluded to the fact that Corbin playing football is a possibility. Kalani Sataki wants Corbin Kafusi as a rusher. He wants him to rush the ball. Uh, not Sorry, as a pass rusher. There's a very big difference there. As a pass rusher, a la his brother. 6'10", get in the passing lanes. We'll see if Corbin goes for it. Dave Rose has put Corbin Kafusi on scholarship. So Dave Rose has a say in this to a degree at this point. Yeah, the, the two head coaches, just like it happened before yes, with yes. Bronson and what... It's gonna ha- they're going to have to have that if, same conversation if Corbin between Dave wants Rose and to do it. Yeah. Yes. To me, Corbin's the, the backup center on next year's team when Eric Kafusi, uh, Eric Kafusi, Eric Mika comes back. Is there back. another Kafusi that we don't know about? <laughs> wait, wait, is there, there one in the pipeline? Trust me, there are a bunch of Kafusis out there. Yeah, probably. So that is just one of many possibilities. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on that conversation. So you get to, to make a position switch for anyone. Who, who do you pick and what position? You know, we've we've seen a couple of guys, as as you mentioned, Talon Shumway, Josh Weeks going to the tight end position, but they're both coming from offensive from the offensive side of the football. I'm gonna take a defensive player. I'm gonna take a linebacker and move him to tight end. I think Scott Huntsman would make a fantastic tight end. You look at me six four, two twenty seven, you know he could probably get two thirty, two forty if you needed him to. I love his motor. I would love to see that on the offensive side of the mm. football as a tight end, especially if we're going to see them being implemented more offensively, catching the football and that kind of stuff, more than just blockers. I, I, think, I think Scott Huntsman would be a fantastic tight end. I'd love to see it. And Scott got some run uh, at linebacker as a walk-on this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's put on scholarship and what he can do in spring ball now that he's been here a year. So Scott Huntsman, the linebacker. Okay, use hashtag BYUSN way in. Tell me what you think. I'm going with the most obvious one. I want Taysom Hill in a different position so that he can always be on the field with Tanner Mangum as well. To me, that's, that could be anywhere. Running back, slot receiver, safety, whatever. I just want to see Taysom on the field having an impact in the game because obviously Tanner Mangum doesn't have the duality that uh, Taysom Hill does. You could put Taysom Hill in other positions. You could put Taysom Hill at linebacker 
And that would probably work out uh, for not the running backs coming down the lane at him. So I would want to see Taysom. To me, that is the fastball in this, right? Like the most obvious pick in that. But use hashtag BYUSN weigh in. And it's been interesting to see these switches because to me the most uh, the most uh, potential for having a big impact in the new position to me of that list is Francis Bernard. I think that he can play right away and have an impact. What do I, you think? I agree 100%. That's the guy when, when that decision was made. It made sense. It made so much sense. And, and I, I've... I've thought about this a lot. This coaching staff specifically, and I'm talking about Kalani Sataki as the head coach, in, in a previous life, he's had a lot of success making these transitions with offensive players to the defensive side of the football. They've had a lot of success with that. He's been able to, to have that eye to pinpoint, you know what, that guy would be a really good defensive lineman. Or You're that talking guy, about at Utah yeah, making the switch? Yeah, just trying to, you know, just trying to avoid <laughs> saying the name. But, <laughs> but they, they did that last year with Chase Hanson. Yeah, I mean, it's... They've had a lot of success with that. So he has an eye for being able to find that player that can that he can plug in and get success out of. So when that happened, I'm like, just look at just look at the body type. I mean, he's big enough, he's fast enough. It just made so much sense. So that's the one, and I actually think in terms of immediate impact, I'm like you, I think it's Francis Bernard. Yeah, and I, I look at a guy like Algernon Brown, and to me, that that tells you what they think of Squally Canada and Riley Burt. Obviously, Jamal Williams is going to be there. He's, he's the guy at running back. But Algernon Brown, what did he rush for? 711 touchdowns last year? And he's being moved to fullback? That tells you how loaded that running back group is uh, because if Algie Brown's going to be a fullback, which still means he can carry the ball, but more of a blocker, which was kind of Francis Bernard's job there. You got a lot of talent in the backfield there. I, lo- I love it. I love the running backs for BYU. Well, we actually have, we have a soundbite from, from Algie talking about this position change and one of the reasons that he did it. Even in the years past, um, Coach Atsuaya even told me, like, if you want to make it to the next level, you'll probably be a fullback. And so that's always been in the back of my mind. And so I think this has been a real good opportunity for me. Algie Brown on that position switch. That, that makes sense because if he wants to play at the next level, and I don't know if he's a, an NFL fullback, it's really hard to get in in that, in that niche. But Paul Asike is battling his way into that. BYU has produced a guy who's on a practice squad as a fullback. If a coach comes up to you and says, all right, if your goal is to play at the next level, here's how you do it, you're crazy if you don't, if you don't listen and take advantage of it. And I look around the room and I go, oh, welcome back, Jamal. Hey, what's up, man? I'm going to have less carries this year, but, just naturally. You know, how we were talking about with Francis going over to linebacker and like, that just makes sense. Doesn't this just make sense to you, too? As long as the with cannon the other is guys, covered. Yes, with if the, the other cannon guys is there. covered, I feel good about this move. Yeah, I, I just... If, if George makes, Q is covered up, I'm good. <laughs> I... Th- I I wonder what I they're going to do with about that this year. Well, they, they, I think they made the, the adjustment. Well, put it back. We've already addressed this. Yeah. Yes. But, but I agree I with kid, you. I keyed. <laughs> I, I like the move. And this, we've already gone through, what, six or seven we've, we've talked about already. There's probably more on the horizon. Now, now, Tuesday, after practice at Media Availability, there was uh, this discussed, that some of these edge-rushing line, outside linebackers Getting some time at defensive end. Guys like Harvey Longy, Sai Tautu, Sione Takitaki. Who knows? They could be defensive ends maybe in this system. It depends on your personnel. If I'm Elisa Tuiaki, I go, okay, I got to look at the guys I have on this team, and then I'm going to put them in the best position to succeed. Even if it's an undersized guy off the edge, because there's not a Bronson Kafusi on this team to me. There's not an elite 
defensive end. I think there's some good players, but there's not an NFL draft pick kind of guy. Yet, I think that Taki Taki Longy uh, and those guys, they've got some serious potential at being able to be a DN, maybe. Well, it seems like in talking with, with Coach Tuiaki and, and hearing Coach Sataki reference the defense and what he wants it to look like, there's going to be a lot of players that are interchangeable. Like guys that you know can will play outside linebacker just as much as they're going to play inside linebacker, and they may move up to defensive end, as you mentioned. It sounds like they're there will be a lot of movement, and that's good. When you've got guys that can play multiple positions, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, you need that kind of versatility, especially because injuries happen. And here's one thing to consider, too. Because BYU is running a pro-style offense, they're not, and they're going to huddle. Oh, my goodness, a huddle. That's, what is this, the 1800s, Pioneers crossing <laughs> the plains? It sounds crazy, right? It's not. The BYU defense, to me, will take a step up just because they don't have to defend as many plays. I think they'll be more rested. Their efficiency will be higher because they don't, they're not sprinting in and out, um, you know, three and outs, more possessions, more plays for the BYU, from the BYU offense. I think that will help the BYU defense. While there's a lot of things kind of in flux with positions, one thing we do know, the lineup will be solidified by week one against the Wildcats. Countdown to the Wildcats. Hogwash. 177. Nothing. Last time I did this, you were with me. What's, what's going on? Wasn't it day one of spring ball? Or yeah, something? but it doesn't matter. I was expecting you. To, I thought you were back on board. Now, I know, I know in Vegas you were, you were off the bandwagon again. But Well, yes, yesterday I was on. Um, at, sometimes you pull the handcart, sometimes you get in the wagon. I don't know. At Chad Weiberg. Just sat down to watch BYU. Send. This is yesterday. Do you realize you, me, represent the thousands of us against the countdown? Hashtag silence is golden. <laughs> One guy. I, I have. I have to help. One the, guy. I have to help those people too. Hey, coming up is Anson Winder embrace the NIT. But first, the ball coach of the eleven and one baseball team, Mike Littlewood, tells us how his team keeps it going against Niagara tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, he's bringing in a shirt. He's bringing in a shirt. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. BYU Baseball returns to action tonight. They'll be at Miller Park beginning a four-game series against Niagara. The game can be seen on the W.TV, heard on BYU Radio. First pitch is at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I think I'll be there tonight. I wasn't here Tuesday to, to go to the first home game, but I'm excited to go uh, tonight against Niagara. I will see you there. You're, there, you're at every game, baby, every practice. I love it. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, what position change would you like to see on the BYU football team? That's our Twitter question today. You get a pick. You have the power. Hashtag BYUSN at LaserSheep. I want to see Taysom at QB, but I would also like to see him as a slot receiver if he had to change. I would like to see a sheep with a laser. That, that is at LaserSheep. That's what I would like to see. With laser eyes? No, is like... That Superman versus Batman no, coming like, up at the end of the month? A laser on its head or something. Yeah, at Justin D. Sweeney. Let's see, we read that one. He would give new... Corbin, he, he mentioned Corbin Kafusi from center to tight end. He would give new meaning to the term jump ball in the end zone in football. Good luck throwing over the top of yes, Corbin Kafusi. Six, six foot ten. There's probably a five-nine corner on him or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, right now, the baseball team's killing it. If you've missed it, I don't know where you've been because the, the first three weeks, they've crushed it. They beat Utah Valley in their first home game Tuesday. They have a four-game series starting tonight against Niagara, which we mentioned you can watch on the W.TV and listen to on BYU Radio. Now joining us is the head ball coach, Mike Littlewood. Mike, you, you keep winning. 
This doesn't get old, right? You just keep getting W's. I, I tell you, W's are so hard to come by at this level. doesn't matter what sport you're playing. Uh, we appreciate every single one of them. And uh, it's much nicer to be 11-1 than 2-10, and 10 at the, as we were last time, uh, last year at this time. Nice that, shirt, by the way. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, yeah Twinners. Yeah. I saw you bringing in a T-shirt. Uh, it, I have it, to ask, is, well, that, I, is that for me? Well, I kind of came in here. It reminded <laughs> me of Sesame Street when I used to – which one of these just, just doesn't belong here? So I brought this for you, Jerem. Yeah. Awesome. So, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Now, this is the Navy version, which is awesome. Are you going to put this ro- on right now? Sure, I'll put it on right now. I want to give props to Kevin Kindred, our marketing team. and Kevin, and, uh, 2K, as I call him. He's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. These will be on sale tonight um, for rock members, 10 bucks or two for 20 uh, No discount there. And for the, <laughs> <laughs> for the general for public, 15 Yeah. yeah. So anyway, 15, 15 bucks. Come and grab one that. tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You conduct an interview while I put yeah, it on. Yeah, you put your shirt yeah. on. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll talk some, uh, some baseball. When teams get on a roll and playing so well like you are, what do you hear from my like, former players and other coaches around the country? What, are you hearing anything from from people about the start that you're on right now? Well, not not from coaches. I mean, I think other coaches are probably hoping we lose. But uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of former players are just quick text, nice job, good start. Um, you know, we we knew it was going to happen, stuff like that, which makes you feel pretty good that they're they're following. And a lot of alumni who it's interesting. Some you know some some of the alumni were there when we were struggling the first year and I may think we put together two out of three really good years uh, even though last year I think we were 28 and 25 uh, we made the tournament but you know this get this 11-1 start gives us an opportunity to have an RP, high RPI and to, to put up a 30-35 win season so it's a great start but it's nice to hear from those guys. Do you think that the way that you've started the season could put you in an at-large position or do you think that you'll, you're hoping your RPI is high enough to maybe do that at the end of the year? Well, Winning is the number one component yeah, of the RPI. Absolutely. Right? It definitely gives us an opportunity, and Trent Pratt did a great job scheduling for us. Uh, we scheduled St. Louis, who won their league four years in a row, uh, was projected to win it this year. Samford, who's won their league, projected to win their league, the Southern Conference. Um, this is Niagara, who, you know, last year we played Hartford. Uh, they're in the Metro Atlantic Conference, and it's really, I think it was a scheduling coup to get them to come from New York back here uh, by Trent um, to get a home series early in March. And so the schedule's set up nicely, but, you know, 11-1 and 1 doesn't give you, it doesn't give you a, an automatic berth or, or even an at-large. You have to finish the season. And, we, you know, we're going to get an at-large, I think, in our league, we're going to have to put up 33, 35 wins to do that. To go 11-1, and 1, you've obviously got to be doing a lot of things right, and one of those is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU baseball is 23 of 25 in stolen base attempts this year. You guys are killing it on the base, base pass, and I know you love the team speed of this team. How big of a weapon has that been for you? It's, it's been great. I mean, you always have to have another way to score runs other than hitting two doubles and a home run. Um, so the, the small ball is, is a big part of our game. I mean, you, you've been at our practices. We work on bunting a lot. Even in our pregame batting practice, we work on every round. We work on a, on a drag bunt or push bunt. Um, you know, we've been pretty, pretty low, maybe middle third of, of our league usually in stolen base attempts. It's been just the nature of our teams. We, we, haven't, we didn't want to give up runs or, or base runners because we only had a couple guys that could run. This year we have seven, maybe eight guys in our lineup who can steal bases, and so we're going to use that to our advantage. And, and uh, Brandon Lund's been more aggressive on the bases this year, and most of our guys can can run. It's been it's been kind of nice to use as an option. At eleven and one, what are you still trying to figure out with this team? Well, I think we 
that third starter when we get next week when we play Pacific and open up our league, we know we've got options. That's what's nice. It's not like, well, we have nobody to throw. I mean, we, we do have options. Hayden Rogers is an option, left-hander. Um, Jordan Wood has really stepped up and, and can be an option. He's been really good out of the pen for us. I mean, he's, he's a, just returned off his mission, freshman, 89-91, really, really good stuff. So he's, he's an option as well. I, I would like to use him in the back of our pen because that's so important. And Connor Williams, if, if Connor could find some consistency, I mean, his fastball is 92-95. He looks really good, and when, when things go bad, you know, they kind of go south really quick. If he can get over that, he could be a third starter. So as we look forward, we're looking for three starters on the weekend and then one for midweek. So we need four starters still. It's just kind of who's going to be that. But we do have options, and I guess we know we just don't want to tip our hand yet because it's nice to – you look at the left-handed pitching we've got, Bo Burb's doing a good job. Riley Gates comes in in the ninth and gets three strikeouts with that dirty hammer he's got. I mean, <laughs> that thing is breaks four feet. So it gives us an option to start Hayden Rogers if we want to and not have to use him in the pen. So we've got some options, and this week will be telling. We need to make some decisions on that next week, though. Staying with pitching, I actually after practice yesterday, I, I talked with Maverick Buffo, and, and I asked him what he thinks his strength is. He told me it's his competitiveness. He's not nothing scares him. There's no situation that he feels is too big for him. And I look up and down your your pitchers. It seems like a trait that most of those guys have. They don't get rattled. I I agree with you. I think Mike Rucker sets a tone as as our opening day starter of every series, and, and Maverick Buffo. I think Maverick maybe underestimates himself because he's a guy who's really developed fastball down in the zone. He used to pitch up in the zone a little bit. He can throw his off-speed stuff for strikes when he's down in the count, which is nice. It's a must, really. Uh, but you look at all of our potential starters, and, and they, they've got that quality. What's more important for the guys out of the pen, they've got that quality too. I mean, those guys coming out of the pen are, are coming in in pressure situations for the most part. They have to have that intangible. that They're not scared. They're going to go – pound the zone, throw strikes, and you look at our uh, strikes-to-ball ratio, strikeout-to-walk ratio from this year to previous years, it's a lot better. Mike Littlewood, the BYU baseball coach, is on BYU Sports Nation. 2,000 people showed up at Tuesday night's game, the home opener. Was that validating as a program of, hey, people are seeing the buzz here? It was great to see. It was really great to see. My daughter-in-law went up to get uh, uh, Kelsey. Shout out to Kelsey. But she went out to, to get some nachos, uh, dollar nachos. Dollar nachos. Had to do that. They were good, by the way. And she kind of heard, hey, I just wanted to, I wanted to, like, why are you here? And other people say, I just want to come see what the buzz is about. So it's nice. And mm. it's Utah Valley. We know that, that, that uh, there's a local flair there. But um, it, it was nice to see. I mean, we were almost capacity. It's 2,200 capacity, and we're, we're really close. And so, man, it would be nice to see that night after night after night. Um, and, and it's up to us. We need to win games. People don't want to see a loser. They want to see a winner. We, we understand that. Uh, but we've got an exciting team this year. I, I think uh, it's a team that runs a little bit. We're going to play defense. We're going to pitch it. And we're going to hit it. So it's a fun team to watch. You mentioned defense, and you look at your roster, and you've obviously got guys that have been here for a while. You've got some really exciting freshmen. Kyle Dean is obviously one that comes to mind. Uh, but Jackson Clough is a guy, and you talk defense. I've seen him both in games and at practice make some unbelievable defensive plays yeah. at third base. How energizing is that to have so much youth, and specifically with Jackson, uh, for, for his play so far? You know, Jackson never takes a playoff. And from, from September 8th when we started out on the field till, uh, till yesterday when he made that diving play just on a right. simple batting practice ball, he plays everything hard. And I think what it's done is it's made the older guys realize I might need to play a little bit harder too during practice. and, and go Because baseball is one of those things where you can take ground balls at your own pace. I want them to go game speed most of the time. But there's also a time where you work on fundamentals and you're going a little bit slow. And 
Jackson just never does that. Um, once in a while, he like in between innings in a game, he may want to just back that down a little bit. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that away from him. You talk about it, freshmen. I mean, Danny Jelilich and Daniel Schneeman and Keaton Kringlin and Kyle Dean. I mean, those those guys I mentioned, they're not getting a whole lot of playing time. They probably should. And I almost feel bad that we've got such good freshmen on, on the – I mean, Danny Jelich is – we talked about him before, probably the best outfielder I've ever coached as far as all the tools. Arm strength, running, arm accuracy, everything. Um, he's behind Brennan Lund, and so he's got to be a little bit patient. But we're trying to find ways to get him in. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to start him maybe on a fr- this Friday. So it's, it's, a great, it's a great problem to have, I guess, just to have a lot of young talent waiting in the wings. Word on the street is that Jason took BP the other day. Um, but is that without, what it, is that but, what it's called? But without a, <laughs> I, was, I was swinging a bat. I don't know. Did his mom sign the permission slip first off, and then how did he do? Well, after his first swing, I wanted to make sure he had a helmet on. But, uh, yeah, I, knew, I, I did think, not have a helmet. I was fouled above him. No. Well, the best part was afterwards, Coach Little was like, if I wanted to hit you, I would have hit you. So you were fine. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a little talk after about technique and mechanics, yeah. and, and I think next time he gets in there, he's going to be a lot better. Yeah. So oh, absolutely. He had a good bat path, but you know, he, I think he was a little bit afraid I was going to hit him, stepping step in the buck a little bit, as we say. He doesn't, he doesn't miss arm day, so he was <laughs> really looking forward to that. <laughs> We'll get him back in there. Are you throwing BP to students? I'm, I'm going to, yeah, tomorrow at noon. Okay, to the T- rock tomorrow numbers. at noon. Tomorrow at noon, 12 to 12.30. I'll be out there throwing BP to those guys. Do they need a helmet as well? They will not need a helmet. I'll throw the ball right over the – like I said, if I want to hit you, I'll hit you. You <laughs> <laughs> just bean someone. Yeah, it won't be on accident. <laughs> You'll know where you stand with Coach Littlewood at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're wearing a Utah shirt, you will be bean. There we go. At BP Anything tomorrow. red, you might wear one right in the hip. <laughs> Or higher. Mike Littlewood is on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars taking on Niagara tonight. Um, you look at the homestand that you have right now. It's game two of 17 of 20 at home. I think 12 in a row or something. What, what, how, did that, how did that shake out? Do you like being at home this long, this early? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd be, LSU doesn't ever go on the road, ever. I mean, they might go an hour <laughs> away to play. So we'd play at home as much as possible. And so it's nice, especially after being on the road for three weeks, um, and it literally felt like three weeks in a row without because we were home after the first trip for one day, and it's it's nice. I mean, we need to. Sometimes it's more it's more difficult for these guys to play at home with feeling the pressure than it is on the road where there's you just go play. And so it was nice to get that Utah Valley game under our belts, and it's awesome to be at home for a while. Uh, Trent did a great job scheduling twenty six games at home with Creighton and you know this team in Arizona, so it's a great home schedule this year. And you play. Uh, you- so many at home at the at this point are you want to take it you know one game at a time and whatnot but yeah you could you could probably set yourself up for some serious damage going into the west coast conference play because you get i think a couple series at home to begin right we do yeah i, I believe pacific and loyal and marymount so loyal is gonna be a really good team and pacific's all pacific beat us two out of three at their place last year and the last one went 11 innings but traditionally we've been pretty pretty darn good at home uh, especially with a with a nice crowd like we had uh Tuesday night that's always tough for other teams to come in and and compete it's really tough to win on the road it you know for some reason with these with this age kids 18 to 22 it's really tough to win on on the road opposed to pro ball where you just every game's a game so we love the home field advantage and love to get uh, 22 or 2200 people out there um, on tonight and every other game. Realizing you've obviously got things going on right now, but at this time of year, how badly do you miss refing basketball? You know, I, I really don't. Um, I, I thought I would. I, I didn't know after my first year. Uh, I didn't even. The only time I got a little twinge was when I went sat really close at, at a couple games at BYU. And but I, I really don't. The travel, 
the, the travel's horrible. Um, refereeing basketball, I'd work 65 games a year, and you, you times that by two because you got to, you know, you're staying overnight. And so it was. I'd rather be doing what I'm doing right now. And things are going well, so yes. that, yeah. that helps as well. The 11-1 BYU baseball team will play tonight against Niagara, 8 Eastern time on the W.TV and BYU radio. Or if you're local, go check it out. You can get uh, $15 BYU baseball uh, Sailor Coog shirts, we're going to say. Or two for 30. Or two, oh, two for 30. For, for the regular public. Oh, for the regular. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Rock if you're members, a rock member. Two for 20. Two for, for 20. Okay, awesome. Jason Shepard's somehow a member of The Rock, which is super cool. <laughs> but, yeah, appreciate the time. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys. Okay, check that out tonight, 8 Eastern time. Coming up. We go live to football practice, but first, does Anton Winder embrace the NIT? Will BYU be motivated to play? Here he comes. Welcome back, Jim Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm I'm honest, I'm unbelievably distracted right now because the Captain America Civil War trailer 2 just came out. We started watching it, and we haven't finished it because we came back from break. And the su- I, supposedly... I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. Spider-Man's in it, supposedly. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Let's get to the next break as soon as possible. <laughs> also, I have hair sticking up in the back because I put on that shirt. I just noticed that. Hey, BYU Sports wow. Nation wow. is... look at that. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. Hairspray uh, or something? Right What's going on, man? That's <laughs> getting awesome. BYU Sports Nation is everywhere on social media. Right. I'm talking Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, and Vine. Make sure you're following BYU Sports Nation everywhere. Everywhere. That's quite the statement. Everywhere. But it's true. Hey, we, we Snapchatted uh, a bunch this morning, a bunch behind-the-scenes stuff in Vegas. If you're not following us, it's... BYUSN on Snapchat. BYUSN. Check it out. Hey, let's reset today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU is a three-seed hosting six-seed LSU in the latest NIT bracketology. According to somebody named NYC Buckets, in fact, we'll have someone on from them tomorrow to break that down. Also, Kyle Collinsworth was named to the USBWA All-District 8 team. Congrats to Kyle. That's right. Uh, BYU football spring practice continues today. It's practice 5 of 15 during the spring. We will go live to football practice coming up, hopefully in our next segment. Baseball puts its 11-1 record on the line tonight as they begin a four-game series against Niagara at Miller Park. Uh, we just talked to head coach Mike Littlewood. He gave me the shirt. Awesome. He's my favorite coach at BYU right now. Game time is at 8 Eastern. You can listen on BYU Radio. Watch it on the W.TV. Or if you're local, go to the game. And James Taft Fredette scored a game-high 26 points to go along with 7 assists, 5 rebounds, and 2 steals as the Dub Knicks lost on the road to the Canton Charge. It's homie day. Mike Littlewood was here, and the other homie, Anson Winder, is in the house. What's up, What's Anson? Up? What's going on? Welcome back, man. It's good to be back. I know. wish we were talking about a tournament championship, but we're not. I don't even know where the tourney train is. You know what would suffice, though, if we had trip? just a comic book discussion for, I don't know, maybe five minutes? Comic maybe, book, okay. Yeah, we just like talk superheroes. Yeah. You're into comic books? Yeah, but I mean, we'll save that for another time, I guess. Oh, I thought, I thought we were going to go. <laughs> I mean, we can do a summer topic. topic. Yeah. I don't know. People <laughs> yeah. get bored. Maybe, maybe BYU <laughs> needs a superhero to be Gonzaga, because for whatever reason, the Zags, I, it's not just BYU, they, they own that tournament. They, they win it. What? What did you think of uh, the game against Gonzaga, and where does BYU go from here? Uh, I knew going into the game it would be a sh- it'd be a tough night if Sabonis and Wiltshire stayed on the floor. I think what BYU did so well when they beat them at their place was they were able to get Sabonis in foul trouble, and you, they basically relied on Wiltshire to beat them, which they didn't do. Uh, they both played really well against BYU. They had great games, and BYU just couldn't overcome it towards the end of the game. After the game, there was this respect fest back and forth. Gonzaga talking about how great you know BYU was and vice versa. Are you, are you buying this, that the two teams respect each other that much? 
Uh, I definitely think there's a mutual respect, definitely. But at the same time, there's that competitive aspect where you still circle this game on your calendar every year, whether it be at Gonzaga or at BYU or in the conference tournament where this is the biggest stage of them all. So uh, there's a mutual respect because there's so many good players on both teams, but at the same time, one still wants to beat the other. Yeah, Kyle Wiltshire in the post-game press conference, and I was in that room, uh, he was talking about, yeah, I, you know, one of the BYU players said, hey, you'll get it next time, Kyle Wiltshire in reference to, I think, a free throw or something, and I thought, I'd like who to know is, who said that. Who is saying that? And why I, are they saying that? And I, then I, Nick Emery <laughs> tweeted at Kyle Wiltshire, um, you know, which was a nice gesture. To me, to me, I would rather um, I would rather that not happen. To be honest, I would rather the respect be in the line where we don't hear it. I would rather it be uh, a, little, a little more vitriol there because this is a team that has beaten BYU repeatedly, and uh, I, I'd want BYU to be a little upset. I I totally agree. Uh, I read that also and thought, really, I didn't. Th- I couldn't see any. I had never been on a BYU team that's done that before. I've never seen okay. a, a teammate do that before. So I, to think that I was, I, I was a little kind of in shock. Like, really, somebody said that in the middle of a game? Like, you should be glad that he's missing free throws. No, miss so. both. Yeah, miss them both, and then please. I That's hope what I'm get saying. foul trouble and get out of the game <laughs> you know, and leave and lose. I was the guy saying, hey, miss both of them, please. But, <laughs> you, you will know, miss again, punk. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I would totally agree. Uh, you save the handshaking for after the game and during the game. It's, hey, it's cutthroat. Once, once, once you tip the ball, the higher – I'm not saying take the low road, but I'm not saying take the high road on some of the stuff. Like, just compete at the highest level as much in that moment. He wants – basically, Jaron wants there to be like the, the old Detroit bad boys. Yeah. He wants that <laughs> the type The Jordan of, rules. I, that's I, what I'm talking see, about. I think that's the mindset that BYU takes against St. Mary's in San Francisco. I think that was the mindset. Where, and not to say that it's not like that against Gonzaga, but when it was time for – I know for me personally, when it was time to play St. Mary's, it was uh, – no laughing, joking matter, maybe not even in the handshaking line after, where I was just so ornery. And because the game was so physical and the way that they play, not to say they're a dirty team by any means, but the way that they play, they're really physical. And, you know, that gets under your skin a little bit. And that's a team where you just, you like the competition. And it's the same against Gonzaga, but it's just different. You know, clearly we can see there's a mutual respect, but maybe might have gone a little bit too far. It's Delavadova's fault. <laughs> yeah, he could take your credit for Brad Waldo. Brad Waldo is <laughs> throwing them out his side. Exactly. Just throwing everybody's side. All right, so the NCAA tournament's not going to happen for BYU. Now, are you fully, and I'm going to fully embrace the NIT? I won't do that for the <laughs> NIT. I can't. I mean, it's one of those things where embrace it, can't, but accept it, you have to, you know. Uh, even the year that we made the the run in the Final Four, the NIT, it's one of those things where you'd love to be in the biggest tournament of college basketball. That's what you grew up wanting to play in. And the fact that you can't is is tough, but you you get your team back together, you get your mind right, and say let's let's string together some wins for the NIT. Give us give us that mindset and motivation level because uh, that was a team that was disappointed not to make the NCAA tournament. Yet you guys uh, won three games in the NIT, uh, lost to Baylor, in New York, but you get to go to Madison Square Garden, the whole thing. It's not ideal, but how do, how do you get motivated? How did you guys get motivated to make that run? It's interesting because it's going to vary from player to player. I look at myself at that time, and I'm a young kid who's a sophomore saying, hey, I want to play in the big tournament. I was just there the year before. That's where I want to be. And then you have your seniors like Brandon Davies or Brock Zostra who are saying, hey, this is my last postseason tournament for BYU, wearing a BYU jersey. So I want to make the most of it. So I think it's getting everyone on the same page and, and saying, hey, look, this is our last chance. This is our season right here. This isn't a 
uh, situation where you can learn from this loss. It's lose and go home. So you might as well string together some wins and hopefully make it a memorable year. When you look at – because you've been to both. You've been to the NCAA tournament. You've been to the NIT. When – how how different is the NIT in terms of you know like the the press conferences and the venues? I mean, is it fairly comparable or is it a clear is there a clear difference between the NCAA tournament and the NIT? Uh, the beginning rounds of the NIT are so different from the beginning rounds of the NCAA tournament. Uh, it didn't start to you don't start to get that feel in the NIT until you get to that third round or that final four where it's like okay, this is this really means something. You know, not to say that those games don't before, but the minute, you, probably the minute you City, arrive right? for the NC2A tournament, it's like, whoa, this is a really big deal. This is a huge stage because all eyes are on you. There's only 65 teams, and you're one of the few that's left playing college basketball. So the fields are different, but once you kind of make that run in the IT, it starts to build. How would you characterize the season for BYU basketball? Um, it's tough because you like to hope that they end the year on a run where maybe they do get to the final for the NIT. Maybe they do get to the championship if they don't go to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, some of their biggest games are, of course, at Gonzaga, and you don't want that to be the, the highlight of the year is one game. And that is the highlight Spokane. of the year so far. So right? far it is yeah. at Gonzaga, and you don't want that to be the, the highlight. But if it is, so be it. I expect them to fully come out and, and get some home games in the NIT and, and win those games and, and hopefully make it memorable. It's, it's hard to tell what the, you know, what the makeup will be for the year, but I, I see it shaping out well. Anson Weiner joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. We asked you to kind of look at the season. Now I want you to look at at Kyle Collinsworth. What do you think his legacy will be? Oh, he's one of the BYU greats. He'll be a legend. Uh, He absolutely just demolished a a record that stood for a long time and will probably stand for an even longer period of time. And he did something that no one's seen in college basketball. And I think that that aspect of his game and, and just the player he was and so versatile, uh, it's impressive to see. And it, it's awesome to be a part of it to, as a teammate and as a fan. Anson, we appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck with, I know you're getting your master's still right now and everything. Working semester. It. It's a work in progress. <laughs> well, you, you got like a month and a half left in the semester, right? Yeah. Okay. Just, hey, everyone keep their fingers crossed. For <laughs> yes. Good luck. The, the karma goes academically yes. Yes. as well. Yes, bring the karma this way. Exactly. Appreciate the time, brother. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Always it. the best dress on campus. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm being handed some hairspray. Okay, I'll, wor- I'll work on this during oh, the break. Oh, my. Is this from Spencer's wardrobe closet? What is this? Why, do you, do you know what thing? to do with that? Coming up, Jamal Williams <laughs> live from practice. He'll join us. Tell us how year five for him is going. Jamal Williams coming up. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard incredibly distracted because we watched the rest of that Captain America Civil War trailer during the break. Holy shnikes. Spider-Man looks awesome. Very excited. If you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. And 11-1 BYU baseball begins a four-game series tonight against Niagara at Miller Park. First pitch is going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and you can check that out on BYU Radio and the W.TV. Our Twitter question today, what position change would you like to see uh, the most on the BYU football team? Lots of great tweets. Use hashtag BYUSN. At Ryben3, the Idaho connection. Taysom Hill at fullback. Jamal at running back in pro formation. Tanner at QB. That makes an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that the Tanner-Taysom situation is two dudes from Idaho. I don't know that we've ever had that in BYU history is where two dudes from Idaho are in the running for the quarterback. If Taysom Hill were to play 
fullback, halfback, receive. You imagine the the amount, the number of passes coming out of those positions would skyrocket. Oh, you could you could throw. <laughs> yeah, you could throw. How many out halfback of any passes would Ty Detmer be calling? Listen, you, do you remember when Curtis Brown threw a touchdown to Austin Collie? I do remember that. I want to I see left-handed Jamal Williams, so, who we hope to have coming up in the next couple of moments um, on BYU Sports Nation from practice, throw a pass this year. That would be fun. A toss back, a toss forward to Jonah Trinneman. Hey, anything to catch the defense off guard. Fans yes. love that stuff. Yeah, that stuff will be great. Uh, if you just missed it, Anson Winder was on, uh, on the show. He mentioned... Has he embraced the NIT? That was the question we asked him. He said, "No, you have to embrace yeah, the NIT. You can do that." Um, he he <laughs> said he did not. Um, he was a guy that was a sophomore on a team that played in the NIT, and he said that the the seniors really led that team to say, "Okay, let's make a run. Let's do this." They played Washington. They played Mercer. They played Southern Mississippi. So th- those weren't world beaters, um, but BYU took care of business and then played Baylor in a tough game. Lost that one, but. That was a fun run. It, wa- it wasn't um, a big deal. It wasn't a news-making thing, huge ESPN. You know what I mean? But it, w- it, but it was fun. BYU has 23 wins. I hope they can get up to 25 with the NIT. That's you, the goal to me. You, you make the best of it. And like sure. Anson said, and you mentioned, you know, whether it's from the coaches or, or the seniors, you got to have guys that let people know, you know what, we've still got basketball to play. we got to take it seriously. Absolutely. We'll step aside. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around and Jamal Williams. From football practice, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU is a three-seed hosting six-seed LSU in the latest NIT bracketology. That according to the NYC Buckets. Also, Kyle Collinsworth was named to the USBWA All-District 18. Football. Spring football just wrapped up its fifth of 15 practices this morning. Also, ESPN released its FBS coaches as players rankings. This is interesting. Kalani Sataki came in at 35. Bronco Menhall listed at 37. Baseball. The baseball team puts its 11-1 record on the line tonight as they begin a four-game series against Niagara at Miller Park. Game time will be at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to it on BYU Radio and watch it on the W.TV. Jimmer! Redad scored a game-high 26. To go with seven assists, five boards, two steals as the Westchester Knicks lost on the road to the Canton Charge. Cougars in the PGA. Both Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair competing in the <laughs> Valspar Championship. Summerhays is currently tied for third at two under, and Blair is set to tee off later this afternoon. Back tennis! To I'll do my tennis play-by-play. Ready for it? Do it. There it is. <laughs> the men are in Los Angeles taking on sixth-ranked UCLA. The match uh, set to begin at 5.30. Golf! The ladies finished fifth in the Bay Area Intercollegiate. Freshman Rose Hong took second place overall. Future guest, uh, John Templin, who's with NYC Buckets. He does NIT Bracketology. We're at that point of the season. We're going to have John on. We're going to talk about why is the Cougars as a three-seed playing six-seed LSU so far. Another projection at BYU playing Irvine. If BYU played LSU at home, that would mean the number one pick in yeah. the draft comes in the Marriott Center. There, there are consolations to the NCAA tournament. Trust me, that's not what you want. But if you're going to be in the NIT, it'd be fun to have Ben Simmons in the house. I'm trying to remember the last time. and I'm, I, A number one pick? Yeah, the number, well, the Michael number one. Michael Oliva Candy of Pacific was here in 96, 
and he was a major bust. But I did go to that game during the one win season. Well, and, and, and I'm not I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about when's the last time that a, a number one pick didn't make the NCAA tournament before he came out. That's a good question. That, that's that's extremely typically, rare. Typically, that team is going to be good enough yeah, to they, make the that, tournament that because player, you're good. Exactly. That player leads them to the NCAA tournament. Um, but yeah, it's that's if you're gonna if you're gonna play in the NIT and you're gonna have a matchup like that, that's not a bad way to go if that's the way it all plays out. We've got a few minutes left of the show, hoping to get Jamal Williams on it. So hang with us uh, here on BYU Sports Nation. Today's rise and shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I want to give it to Mike Littlewood for the job he's done with the BYU baseball team so far. This is what is this year four. This is year four. Year four for Mike Littlewood. We're seeing the fruits of his labor, if you will, after a couple of seasons. It takes a couple of years for any coach, but with return missionaries, maybe an extra season or two as you get those other guys uh, off their missions. And now BYU is 11-1. It's a great tar- start to the season. It doesn't mean they're going to make the NCAA tournament per se, but they're off to a great start that could lend itself to maybe some at-large ability, which has been missing from BYU ever since they last made the tournament, which was 2002. It's been a while. The fact that this team is 11 and 1 is huge. But the fact that they were able to get, you know, go 10 and 1 on the road to start the year, that means because when we had him on, we were talking about the fact that they're at home for so many 17 of 19 out of the next 19 or at Miller Park. To be able to play that well on the road to start the year and then have that many home games, that really sets you up for. You know, postseason play. It, it gets you in a good position before you have to head out on the road towards the end of the year. BYU baseball is to the point where if they lose a single game, it's a disappointment. That's how good they've been. If they lose that all, it'll be, oh, what happened? Now, you've seen, the, they're, now they, I don't know if they got this idea from you, but the, they're, they're wearing mustaches. Did you yeah. see? Now, the, the reason they're wearing the mustaches, they, they told me. Trendsetter. That, that, now, maybe they just didn't want to tell me that it was because of you. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, reason yeah. they gave me was they're going to keep the mustaches as long as they keep winning series. Winning series. So if they keep winning series, the mustaches are staying. Let me just say something right now. I'm not joining them in this, okay? I've, ha- I've had enough of the hair. <laughs> I've had enough of the facial hair. Those were both self, uh, you know, self-induced or whatever. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm, t- I'm tired of it. It's March 10th. I'm tired. Tanner I'm tired Chauncey. after Vegas. <laughs> of that. Tanner, Tanner Chauncey, who's, who's hurt right now, has got a hamstring injury, plays first base, among others, infielder. He asked me, so are, are you going to grow the, the mustache? And? I, I said, I said mm, probably not, because it would take too long for I me. always get a head start. That's how I did it. Um, I would go on break, like Christmas break, I would come back from the break, and I would have a head start, because I don't want to see you watch me grow the whiskers every day on the show. Here's what the next you one needs to be. You do that, though. Well, here's, here's the next thing. We're going to combine a here's couple of things. Thing. Here's the next thing? I don't want next thing. Mustache dyed blue. That's for Spencer. No, but you Didn't, combine the two. I think you dyed the mustache blue. I think that one mustache. I, th- <laughs> I think that Spencer said if BYU wins the NIT or was it go to New York? I can't I remember. It was win the NIT. If they win the NIT, that he'll uh, dye his hair blue. I know, but well, I'm just, he'll I, keep that. They didn't win the tournament. But I'm combining your thing with his thing. I know. I I don't want that. I just don't. The blue mustache. Yeah. How do you think that would go over? Uh, not well at home or on the air. More importantly, on the air, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Whit- Whitney would tolerate it. It'd be fine. We have three, of- three and a half minutes left in the show. Uh, even if we get Jamal Williams, we're probably going to run out of real estate here. So didn't work out with the timing, uh, but we'll try and get Jamal Williams on the show as soon as possible, maybe even tomorrow. Uh, so we'll, we'll uh, get that to you. Hey, let's get some tweets in. What uh, position change would you like most to see on the BYU football team? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. 
At Twiggerstone, Micah Simon could rev up the team at QB. See what you did there? I see what you did there. Remember the times. He could teach Tanner how to make that pitch. Do we need to be adding remember, more QBs? Well, it's just remember the times. I know, I but still. Adding, yeah. Are there enough quarterbacks? <laughs> I think we're good on, Are, on QBs. Yeah, exactly. At uh, DeVirgum. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I also wanted to see Bronson, the linebacker, try and cover Corbin, the tight end, and Corbin try and block Bronson. That would have been fun. Although Corbin is not in football shape. It's very different. Bronson is definitely in football shape, and when he played basketball, he was a reverse Bobo doll up top. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He was top heavy. <laughs> he skipped leg day, apparently, a few times. Uh, this one from uh, <laughs> at low pointers. I want to see the BYU defenders change their position. He has that in quotations on the field to actually tackle the ball carrier. Oh, that, oh, oh that's at low pointers. Like, come on, I, low I, point. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I probably should have expected on, that with the Twitter handle. Come on, man. Hey, we, we are going to have Jamal Williams on tomorrow's show, uh, so stay tuned for that tomorrow. At uh, Justin Sperry, I would like to see Kalani Sataki at fullback. <laughs> we did, in fact, for four years. Yeah, he, he knows uh, what he's doing. <laughs> he was a pretty good blocker. How about this one? At Sports Bros, Francis Bernard to tight end. Wait, he already So he's switched. going from, from running back to linebacker to tight end, huh? You know what the most disappointing thing, though, is uh, you remember Mitch Matthews' brother, Marcus? Oh, yeah. So he made the switch to tight end, and then they didn't really play him, and then he switched back. He had to gain like 30 or 40 pounds over a summer, ate like crazy. That would be the worst. That would be – you're not Tom Hanks on Castaway. <laughs> you're a back in, backup tight end on the BYU football Well, team. hey, Taron Howe kind of went through that a little bit. Not, not that much fluctuation. But didn't have to go back. Yeah, yeah. Right? But, but, I mean, he – you know, sometimes yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a tight end. Sometimes he was a receiver. And he kind of went back and forth with hmm. that. At VAR underscore black. I don't know about future changes, but I'm really excited to see what Francis Bernard does on defense. I am too. Yeah. To me, that's the position change that – will be the most impactful. Algernon Brown right there as well. And then it's who's going to be the tight end. There are eight tight ends listed on the roster right here. Eight tight ends. Who's going to be the guy? And I want to add one. I want Scott Huntsman to go from linebacker Scott to Huntsman tight end. Scott Huntsman told Talon Shumway he was listed as a wide receiver here. So there might be nine tight ends. Our elite tweet of the day. It's not about the uh, Twitter question, but references the Curtis Brown touchdown that we mentioned. At Lazy G. Remember when Cody Hoffman threw a pass to Taysom Hill? That was against Washington uh, in the Fight Hunger Bowl. It was fun, but I thought Taters was going to blindside him. Yeah, that was scary. I love the whole Taters thing. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Mike Littlewood and Anson Weiner, plus everybody on the crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, BYUSN is the hashtag. For Shep, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Don Overly. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow, noon Eastern.